Welcome to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. Now sit back, relax, and rewind your mind. Reminisce with friends you didn't even know you had. And if you weren't there, then this is news to you. Hey there, what's up? What's Hi, going on? Who are you? Oh shit, so I'm sorry. I'm Corey, and uh, we are here to present to you the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. So, did I say I'm Mikey? You did. Did you I, say? I did. I said I'm Corey, and then I stepped on top of you before you said you were Mikey. So we should just start over. Do you want to start over? No. Okay. So, that takes away from the show. It kind of does. So anyways, we're here again. Um, again, again, and you know, I, I was trying to think with you and I, one thing that people just automatically think of when they think of, of you and I, you know, what things we like, things we, we, uh, maybe, uh, would, if we were going to hang out and do something, what what would we do? What would we what would we eat, for example? What would we watch? What would you know? And I think tacos. Well, tacos are, are very high on the list. Pizza is very high on the list. Um, but we're not here to talk about food. No, no. It's more what would we watch? And I think unanimously, porn. Well, there is that. <laughs> not together usually. <laughs> but I think unanimously, people would say, well. Shitty movies. Shitty movies. But horror movies. Horror movies, yeah. Is, is right at the top of the list there. Um, the shitty horror movies even better. Yes. But we're not here to talk about shitty horror movies. We're just here to talk about, you know, horror in general. You know, just uh, just kind of our love of, of horror right now. Because in our world, you don't have to wait till Halloween to talk about horror. No. This is a, a year-round thing. It's a year-round event. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a part of life because... You know, it, when when we aren't watching horror, we're talking about horror. We're making horror. We're actually working on horror movies. We do makeup and special effects and build props and all that. So, it's very much a part of our lives. Yes, it is. And I think it kind of shapes who we are. Now... Round? Round, yeah. <laughs> kind of the shape. Kind of a... Not really round. Neither one's really round. We're kind of um, rectangular. Rectangular, yeah. Yeah, because square. Yeah, we're we're both we're both. Uh, I think we're both solid in some places and and soft in some places. Nope, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> Please don't touch it. <laughs> if you're going to, put a glove on. <laughs> I just said soft. I didn't say we were hard in places, did I? You said you were hard in some places and soft in some places. Oh, did I? Yeah, that's why I was just like, hmm. Nope. Well, should we should we reward that? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're two for two today, Boo. Yeah, we're doing good. <laughs> so, let me ask you this. Um, and I, I, I know the answer. It, do you believe in ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think my house is actually haunted. I know your house is actually haunted. We're, we are um, recording in a haunted house. And this isn't going to be any of that production value Scooby-Doo shit that we did. Yeah, we're not doing any of that. This place is actually haunted. We both experienced shit here. The stomping above above us when there's nobody in the house but yep. us. Yep. It's you and I have just been here hanging out and somebody's just raising all kinds of hell upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had, uh, we've gotten scratched. 
while we were just oh, sitting yeah. there talking. Yeah, we've gotten scratches on us. and Yeah, just, just sitting there talking. And especially when we start talking about the ghost. Yeah. Um, which I think the ghost is gone now. He's gone. He's in a, a, a nacho cheese jar now. Yeah. At the local haunted museum. Yeah, we have a, a, a haunted museum here with, with artifacts in it. Um, the, and, and their friends, I mean, they, they haven't paid us, but we can give them a little plug. Oh, yeah, we can definitely yeah. give them a plug. Yeah, the Museum of Shadows, uh, you can check them out. They, they actually have a TV show on the Travel Channel. They do. Yeah. Uh, so, I think it's on, it's on Prime, too. Yes, they do have something on Prime, yeah. on, on Amazon Prime as well. So if you if you get on Amazon Prime and you type in Museum of Shadows, you should see, pull it right You'll up. see what we're talking about. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite spots to kill uh, half a day mm -hmm. or a full day. Or an overnight. I've done overnights there, too. I need to get down there again. I haven't been down there in forever. So, and actually, um, you've done a little bit of, of ghost hunting. Mm -hmm. And, and I've, I've done some. I've got some equipment, and I enjoy ghost hunting. I'm actually going on an overnight ghost hunt here in a few weeks. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. At, uh, at another local haunted establishment, the Squirrel Cage Jail. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're doing an overnight there. Um it's just gonna be us. We we like rented the whole place out. What? Yeah, That's yeah. Be so cool. You gonna sleep in one of the cells? Yeah, yeah. I just take a nap. I well, I actually have before when when we've been there before uh, turning it into a a seasonal haunted house. Yeah. You know, I've uh, I've taken a nap there. You know, and the day gets a little long. But so, do you want to talk about you know maybe uh, some paranormal? Tell, tell a ghost story. Tell us a, a real life ghost story. Let's see. Well. Um just in this house alone, like, like I said, we talked about the, when we're downstairs in the living room, we can hear somebody stomping upstairs. Mm -hmm. And I remember the one time, well, we got, we got the, I got the scratches on my, on my chest. Yep. That happened to you and then my daughter. Yeah. I got scratches behind my ear that time. Yeah. was over here. Yeah. And then I was downstairs and I had the, uh, the kids xbox hooked up and it had the connect oh yeah which got that i don't know if like infrared camera or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it while sitting there and i just happened to look at the tv and i seen two little figures behind me and i was like what the hell is that and i said hey guys and they waved at me and then one jumped on my shoulder and one another one jumped on my other shoulder and they were probably two feet tall huh. i was like you guys can hang out you can stay i ain't got time to play right now so you can't i can't be bothered they waved at me and disappeared. Huh. It was fucking cool. Yeah, and, you know, I know I've experienced things over here. Uh, like you said, you know, the scratches, um, little tugs here, you know, every now and again something will kind of pull on you. I've seen a, I've seen a, images of, a like, a, a shadow cat. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm like, well, I thought it was one of mine, but they were all sitting right there on the couch. Huh. Like what the hell was that? That's interesting. Yeah. So you have a cat ghost too. Somewhere in the house, yeah, he's hiding. Yeah. You know, I my house is haunted as well. And I almost feel like a uh, magnet for this kind of shit. Just because I'm very open minded to it. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I love I, I absolutely love to do paranormal investigations and ghost hunts and stuff like that. Um but the first I, I've always seen stuff throughout my whole life. My parents always kind of downplayed it. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you, no, that's just this, or that was just the fog, or that, you know. Until we built my apartment, where, where, my, where my house is, we built that right over the site where my grandpa's trailer used to sit. And uh, 
I, and I, I think I've talked about it before. You know, I, I, I'm, I found my grandpa when, when he had died. I found him, and it was in that trailer. Well, it just seems like he was still was there. You know, after we moved the trailer out and then we built this place years later, and I. <laughs> I kind of resisted moving out, not because of that, but I resisted moving out of my parents' house for years. I was twenty. I was twenty-six when I moved out. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm an only child. We were basically living like roommates, you know, except for the whole rent situation. I didn't pay rent, but uh, we built that apartment and we built my dojo over there. So there was an apartment on one half and dojo on the other half. And uh, the only reason I was really hanging out, I, I'd go to to my apartment. But then I'd always come back to my parents because they had internet and I didn't. Yeah. So I'd want to be on the computer. So my dad strung this internet cord all the way across the yard, because it's next door, all the way across the yard and like into that apartment. And then he bought me a computer for Christmas. And he's like, sleep at your own fucking house. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So my first night there, uh, I was, you know, messing with the internet and, uh, you know, doing whatever. And, and, uh, I, we, we, we built the place. We did all the work. So I smelled smoke. And I thought, oh, shit. This is the first time anybody's really burning lights and, and having shit plugged in. I thought maybe we screwed up the, the electrical yeah. and something was on fire. So I went around. I couldn't find a fire. I felt like all the outlets. I felt the walls to see if anything was hot. And I couldn't smell smoke anymore. So I went back. I sat down at the computer. I smelled smoke again. So I'm like, god damn, what is this? So I went to get up. Did your grandpa smoke cigarettes? Or he cigars? smoked cigarettes constantly. I went to get up out of my chair, and just as I turned, it was just like somebody was standing over my shoulder, and they blew cigarette smoke in my face. And I was like, oh. And I just sat back down, and I, I immediately knew what, what it was. I was not scared. But grandpa used to stand over my shoulder while he was teaching me about the computer. Yeah. And he'd also have a cigarette. So he'd have a cigarette, and he'd be pointing with the cigarette in his hand. He'd be pointing, and I'd catch the whiff. And then he'd take a drag, and then he'd blow smoke. I'd catch that whiff. Well, that's what I was... That's exactly... As soon as I put two and two together, I'm like, he's seeing what the computer is, how it's developed, and all that. I'm like, okay, cool, you know? Nice. He's just had it. He was in a spot. So it was always kind of a friendly type of haunting. I've had others that weren't so friendly. Um, and the, the overall feeling, though, because now I live on the other half of that building. The dojo was not my apartment. Yep. And my apartment is occupied. There's been reports of the residents in that apartment. They have had some weird shit going on, and they asked me about it. And I said, well, I'll tell you if you want to know. And they're like, yeah, we want to know. And I told them all about it. And they're like, they have, um, like, children's uh, puzzles. Yeah. Because they got, they got like, two or they got three kids now. Um, they've got puzzles where you put the piece in and it makes a duck noise or oh, nice. whatever and it's the baby shark one is the one that, that yeah. is acting up well it's a puzzle you dump all the pieces out and then there's like magnets or something uh, sensors where when you put the mama shark in it sings mama shark do 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 and the daddy shark and baby shark so mama shark the piece came up missing and they said it was the middle of the night and all of a sudden they hear mama shark do 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 and they're like the hell was that and so they get up and this thing's playing mama shark and they said it would play it for like you know a minute and then it would shut up and then you put the next piece in well the mama shark piece they haven't been able to find it yeah and it's singing mama shark and they're like okay whatever so they turn it off go back to bed mama shark do, 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 do. and they're like we know damn well we turned that off they went it was off and it was still singing mama shark oh shit so they took the batteries out of it and they said 
we didn't, we didn't have any more problems because she took the battery out and she said, knock it off. We're trying to sleep. And it didn't do it anymore. So she was... grandpa fucking with him. Well, it was somebody because there's been, there's been other spirits in there. And my rule always was, you know, I would say either welcome to be there because I, I talked to him. Yeah. I'd say you're, you're welcome to be, be here. Just, you know, don't be destructive and don't scare my dog. Cause he's just a little guy. He doesn't need that shit. Well, you got also you also got them fucking ventriloquist dolls. Oh yeah, I, I have haunted uh, artifacts. Yeah, a lot of haunted artifacts in my house, and that ventriloquist doll is a hundred years old. It's the only thing that's in my house that actually creeps me out, because I know damn well it's it's looking at me. I think that Ronald McDonald was creepy as shit. The Ronald McDonald that you got me is is creepy. <laughs> um, I like him, but now and again I've got all of them kind of in the corner. You know, sitting on a dresser right now yeah. until I have a good display uh, area for them. And I know there's nothing in the wall because I built the wall not that long ago. There's been knocking on that wall. Oh, no shit. Yeah, at night. And I've, wo- I- I've-, I've woken up and just felt like something's watching me. Now that ventriloquist doll, its eyes are painted on. I swear to God they move, though. Holy shit. Yeah, I swear to God they move. But, I, you know, I've had several instances of, of that in, in my house. Yeah. I've seen things that I can't explain. Um, so, yeah, I believe ghosts are 100% real. And then I go to the Museum of Shadows and have all those wonderful adventures there because apparently, and the owners have even said this, apparently the whatever's there likes me. Yeah. Because I can get them to talk to me through... A spirit box, which is basically just like a transistor radio that runs through all the channels. It runs through the channels so quickly it doesn't ever hit a channel. It's basically just constant white noise. And I'm getting songs. I'm getting voices. I'm getting foreign languages. Oh, shit. Um, I, the uh, cheese jar spoke to me once. Yeah, done that to us, too. Yeah, uh, especially when I mentioned your name. <laughs> it was, uh, and especially your wife's name. Yeah, I uh, does not like my wife. No. And it uh, it reacted to that, and it actually repeated your names to me. Um, uh, sorry if I clued it in. If it didn't know your names already, it does now. Uh, uh, yeah, it knew our names. Yeah. <laughs> but so you know, this is while you know we treat it as a form of entertainment. It's nothing to mess with because it's real. Yeah, I feel. Now, people listening are probably going to be like, these guys are fucking nuts, and they're going to dismiss us. We are nuts. But we are. I mean, you, you listen to us. You know we're nuts. But in a good way. Yeah, we're, we're fun crazy. <laughs> so We haven't been committed <laughs> yet. <laughs> so, in thinking about, you know, how we're into the ghosts in real life, we're also into these scary movies. And maybe we'll just talk about some... It will briefly tell you. We're not going to go into depth on any of these except for one in the second half. And we're going to really kind of dive into that. But, so, the 80s were kind of the golden age of horror. Oh, yeah. For, for our lifetime. I mean, you can say the golden age was like the Universal Monsters. That, that was a great time. Back, way back when. Black it, was something, it was something brand new. Yeah. But way back then, it was, you know, there, there were horror movies, but... The Universal Monsters were like the big popular... They were like the cream of the crop at the beginning. Way back then. Well, then I think it kind of... It didn't bottom out. It just kind of leveled off. Yep. And then the next spike was in the 80s. Well, 
just to stick with the topic, we're going to just kind of go through some movies that maybe were haunted house type movies, ghost type movies. Um, and we're not going to talk about ghosts with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. There's going to be no, um, what the fuck were they doing? Making pots. Yeah, pottery. pottery. They were, there's going to be no pottery. No, no naked pottery on this episode. Unless it's Demi Moore. Yeah, if Demi Moore wants to come do naked pottery. I'm all for it. Yeah, we, we need to get a pottery wheel. I will be, I will play Patrick Swayze. I will play the pottery wheel. <laughs> <laughs> so, let, let's start off with one of the greats, The Shining. Awesome movie. A lot of people think The Shining is a movie about a man going insane. Kind of. Yeah, yes and no. The house possessed him. The house possesses The hotel possessed yeah, him. Yeah, that, that hotel possesses him. The, the spirits that reside there possessed him. Drove him mad. Uh, but it's more of a ghost movie. Because the bartender, if, if you haven't seen The Shining, it's fucking like 37 years old. Yeah. He, so these aren't spoilers. Well, if the, the, the sequel to that... The sole sequel is Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep was a great movie. I've not it seen done that yet. very well. Yeah, I've not seen that yet. And it was that that was Stephen King's son. Yeah, that was his work. Joe Joe King. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think Joe King. Probably. I, I think that we'll go with that. No, it's Joe. Uh, it's, it's, it, his last name's not King. I can't remember what his name is now. Joe Bob. Yes. Uh, no, it's not him. But it's. Uh, uh, Joe. He's where, Joe. Yeah, Joe. We'll just call him Joe. It's it's uh, Stephen King's son. But he uh, he wrote Dr. Sleep. But The Shining... The Shining is one of those movies that pretty much anybody that's into horror has seen. Mm-hmm. And they either love it or hate it. Because a lot of Stephen King movies don't... Make a lot of sense. Well, they don't make sense because they don't translate the books well. No. Stephen King will even say that. They really don't translate the... the the books well. Well, when they even when they did the movie, and there's a lot of conspiracy behind the Shining movie, um, because they're the director that did it. But that's a whole nother. Oh topic. yeah, there's there have been movies made just about the conspiracy theories. Um, fucking forget what I was saying. Well, Stephen King, he was not happy with the way they did the movie. No, he actually did his own, because he wasn't happy with uh, with Stanley Kubrick's version. Yeah, and. Is that the made for TV one? The made for TV one, and it is so fucking long. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's got the guy from Wings in it. Yes. It's so long, though. And I don't know if I made it all the way through it. it just because it's it's a good movie. But you have to really commit some time to that. Yeah. So I stick with the Jack Nicholson, you know, because, I mean, here's Johnny, man. That's that's an iconic line. His delivery was great. Even uh, Shelley Duvall. She was awesome in it. She was tortured in that movie. She had to go through therapy after that movie. Yes, she did. Uh, Kubrick just ran her through the ringer. And the reason he did it, he would make her shoot long shoots over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over. And then he would keep the later ones because he would get her to where she was just exhausted and almost delirious, you know, shooting for hours on end. Yeah. And then he would capture that emotion that she had, just that raw emotion. Well, like that scene where Jack Nicholson, he smashes through the door Mm -hmm. that was after a very long long emotional day for her yes and he's like that's the one we want yep that's what we need right there they had to smash that door I don't know how many times Mm -hmm. so the ending of that movie where they show the picture 
and he is in the photograph from like 1930 1930 something or 1920s yeah. or whatever that's almost like symbolistic that he is now a part of the house because mm-hmm. he's already he's passed away in you know the, in the snowbank yep so it's he's part of the house now he's he's one of these spirits I think that's what that symbolizes some people say that he was always a ghost well no he wasn't because he traveled no. there with his family um the kid that was in it that had the shining yeah that's what they called his psychic abilities yeah he knew what was up and uh scatman carruthers was in it he was awesome in that yes i loved his part and it wasn't that big of a part no didn't he get an axe to the back or something he did he did but he also knew what the shining was yeah and he would talk to uh, the boy about what the shining was and then he'd say you know you know hey hey doc you want some ice cream and it's like nobody calls me doc how do you know that well he had it too he was psychic as well so i think the shining's a great movie in some aspects very underrated very underrated you know because it's it's wildly popular but i also think it's underrated so another you know amazing movie that the 80s gave us about hauntings poltergeist great movie amazing movie cursed movie it is a very cursed movie. Very cursed movie. I think one of the few people who's still alive is Craig T. Nelson. One of the few. I, there's a couple, I believe. Because he went on to do coach, and you know you couldn't kill the coach. Well, Dauber, Dauber took care of him, you know. Yeah. So. And then uh, Dauber went on to be Patrick Star. Right. <laughs> hey, coach. So. So. The Poltergeist, the gist of it. And we're talking about the original. We're, we're not talking about remakes just yet. We're just talking about the original. The family buys a house. Brand new neighborhood. Yeah, new neighborhood, beautiful home. And they start having some weird things go on. And they notice that, you know, dishes fly around and chairs move. And their daughter moves if they put her in a certain spot on the and floor. They, she, and she's got an invisible friend. Yes. So... As the time goes on, well, first of all, the daughter disappears into the TV. TV. You go to the closet or one of the two. Well, I think she the closet is the portal, but she's in the TV. Yeah. And so they uh, they they get her, you know. They're, they're trying to get her back, and they get a paranormal investigation team in there, and. Those guys start getting tormented. The one's skin falls off. Yeah. Uh, just they're they're attacked. They're bitten. Things like that. They find out that they built the house over a cemetery, a graveyard. Yeah. They moved the headstones, so they didn't move the bodies. And That's a great line. I, yeah, I love that line. Because then they had to pool the backyard. They're getting ready to build the pool. Yes. And it's fucking just pouring rain. And the bodies, the, the caskets start coming up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And the skeletons. Mm-hmm. Did you know those were real skeletons? I did not. They, they, they feel that that's possibly one of the reasons the movie was cursed. Is because they actually got medical, retired medical specimens. Because it was cheaper for them to buy those than, than, it, was using, props. than it was to buy props. So they didn't even tell the actress that they were real until after the fact. Oh, no shit. She was in that mud pit with, all them with real skeletons. And she said, had I known that, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. 
So, and then they had the tree that came to life. Oh, yeah. And, That's uh, right. And that was always a source of nightmares for me. Did it, like, break through the window or some shit? Yes, it did. Uh, that was a source of nightmares because, you know, there's always a tree outside. Uh-huh. At it's night. Like scraping against the window. Scraping against the, the window, or you see that shadow, and then the window blow, and it'll move. And it looks like a hand. Yeah, so that was, all, I would always freak out about Which that. Which one, was it the first one or the second one? Or I think it might have been the first one. The second one was in a, was in the, the, the skyscraper or whatever. I think that was the third one, wasn't it? Well, it might have been. Yeah. But, uh. No, yeah, because the second one was what had the priest, because the first one didn't have the priest. Yes. And then... That scary, creepy-ass old man. He was perfect for that role. Oh, yes, he was. Um, the clown. The clown was in the first one. The clown was in the first one. Yeah, now the clown... Or the braces were in the second one. Yes. Where that's where the kid was walking around with a football helmet on, because mm-hmm. he didn't want his braces attacking him. Yes. The clown that is in the corner, and then it's not in the corner, and yep. then the kid's looking around, and it's under the bed, and it drags him under the bed and strangles him. Terrifying. Fuck yes. For a little kid to have one of your toys attack you, mm-hmm. holy shit. You kept the closet door shut. You, I'm not scared of clowns, you know. No. I, I am a clown. So that's, I, I do feed off of that, that fear, though. You know, I think that's, that and, and it are the reasons that people are terrified of clowns. Well, that's another... Well, I don't know if that's a... It would be a possessed house. It was a possessed town. It, it was a possessed town. Or a haunted town. Then that's a whole... That's a whole uh, world that goes unmentioned. That's not really a, a haunting. That's an alien invasion. It was an alien? It was an alien. Oh, shit. Yes. Uh, I just thought he was a demon. In, in a way... In a way, it's uh, it's a being from it's an it's an otherworldly being, a transdimensional being. Yes, yes, exactly. That uh, crashed just millions of years ago in this area, and then just burrowed into the ground and slept. And then when people came, it woke up, woke up, and started preying on these people. Well, it presents itself as their worst fear. Most people saw it as Pennywise. <laughs> but it also presented itself as the one boy's dead father yep. in the military outfit. Uh, the remake touches on it more. I think I thought the remakes were just hands down awesome. They were. I am a purist. I like the original just because Tim Curry rocks. Yeah. But the remakes did justice to the the story. Yes, it did. Because they presented there was a uh, a homeless leper with his nose had fallen off. Yeah. That was one boy's worst fear. He would chase... He was not real. Mm-mm. That was it. Uh, it also presented itself as an abstract painting. Yeah. That, that nun-looking figure in the abstract painting. But the true form, they say... Is it, it's a like a big spider? Yeah, and the book touches on that a lot. Which I I did. That was one thing I didn't like about it. It's like you got this this thing. This about it about it. Yeah, it's you know it, it it can be anything. It can be anything. And you know it's it feeds off your fear. Yes. But then you come to find out it's just a giant bug. And, and I was like seriously. 
It's a giant spider. I mean, I, I don't like spiders. I hate spiders. But it was a giant spider with a shiny belly. Yeah. And it laid eggs. <laughs> it, you know, and they presented that a little more in the remakes because he, Pennywise grew those those tentacle, tentacle, tentacle arm yeah, things. Claw arms. Yeah. So, you know, it could be considered uh, kind of paranormal, but almost a, a transdimensional yeah. haunting. So, let's talk about another, I guess, haunted house movie. Possessed house, almost. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. The Evil Dead series. And I know that we're going to dive into this series later. Later. We, we were going to do it today and just didn't have the, the time to really do our research on it. Because there's a lot of research that we want to do. And we wanted to make sure we, we do this one very good justice. Yeah, because, I mean, it was the topic of my epic party story, for one. Yeah. We have to do that justice. Plus, we love Bruce Campbell. Yes, we do. So, Bruce we really... Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Bubba Hotep. We really, movie. We really want to do this one justice. But, yeah, Evil Dead is... If you haven't seen it, it is a demonic possessed cabin. Yeah, and we're we are talking about the original Bruce Campbell movies, not the remake. The remake I haven't even seen. The remake's not bad. But the original they find the, the Necronomicon in the basement, in the yep. cellar. And they play a recording of someone reading it. And it starts the shit. Yeah. And if you read the words out loud of the Necronomicon prepare to have cameras go really fast through the woods. Yes, and your hand will turn against you. Your hand will turn against you and you have to cut it off. All of you, And it still will battle you. Yes. All of your friends will die. die. <laughs> and then come back. Yes. Um, trees will get uh, extremely um, personal with you. Yeah, very personal and frisky and uh, do very bad things. And that's, uh, that's a rough scene to watch. But... Yeah. So Evil Dead could be considered a haunting, a haunting or a possessed uh, house movie. Amityville. Amityville Horror. Now, they've done, I think there's like 10 Amityvilles. Yeah. The first one, based on true story. And there's a lot of... Well, the people who, the people it actually happened to... Yeah. Are the ones who wrote the movies. Yes. At least they wrote the first couple. Yeah. Then it kind of went off the rails. I know I do have an acquaintance that is involved in some of the sequels. Um, and it's now developed to where the house is possessed by clowns. Uh, the house is possessed by other entities, not just the original haunting. Hmm. So it's it's kind of gone off the, well beyond what it's, it's, it's off a completely be. different track. Yeah. I mean, uh, still good James, movie. Was it James Brolin? Yes. Josh Brolin's dad. Yes. He was great in the original. He was. I like the I like the remake with Ryan Reynolds too. That was that was good. A little bit more, a little darker. Yeah, it went in a little bit more in depth into why the house was the way it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't there was a, a portal to hell in the basement. Yeah, and then there was bodies in the wall. Oh, okay. If I remember right, there was bodies in the wall, like they were, like they think they started coming out of the wall. Well, at one point, I know that there was a subplot where the house was taking their money that happens in real life well i know that but <laughs> but the uh the house like the the something about that that thing in the basement that hole in the basement it was taking things yeah 
and they boarded it up and it didn't work and uh, the old well was was where the, the spirits were coming out of yep. and all that. That movie's scary as hell. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, you won't look at a, a, the first... I tried watching it. There's a documentary on, I think it's Discovery. Yes. Discovery Plus or whatever. I tried watching it. It's very dry. Uh-huh. And I think I got maybe a half hour or so into it and we ended up turning it off. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing with a lot of these true stories is they go, they they try to take the entertainment aspect of the movie, yeah, and cut all that out. And well, then both people who the the, the husband and wife that all this shit was happening to, they both died very young. Yes, they did. And they were both like in their fifties. Yeah. Now, you won't look at at you know it's getting to be summertime, and. Bugs are starting to kind of wake up out of their winter sleep. Yep. That first time that you see a bunch of flies clinging to the side of your house, you kind of think back to the Amityville because oh, all yeah. those flies that would come in. And I, I always, whenever I see a, a cluster of, especially flies, but those little ladybug things mm-hmm. too, anytime I see a cluster those of those Asian beetles, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of, I just think back like, oh man, Amityville's happening. But another, that's a great, great film you know and these are all late 70s early 80s, early 80s yeah. you know, or mid 80s films uh kind of the same it, it kind of in the same genre uh with the portal to hell hellraiser and, and the cenobites mm-hmm. and they had this the uh, i don't even what you call it, it was just the box it is the um the lament configuration i believe it's called that sounds good uh it was a puzzle box. It's a puzzle box. And so it's not as much a uh, haunted house movie. But it's just, it's a, more of a portal to hell. Yeah, a portal to hell. Uh, and they summon these these demons that basically haunt the house. Mm-hmm. They haunt whoever who owns the box. Yeah, they want to make him suffer. And the, the backstory to that, which has laid out over several of the sequels... Mm-hmm. Which, some of the sequels are really good, some are really some not. Some are really, really bad. Like Fat Pinhead. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of the the one that had the, the Fat Pinhead in it. Although the latest one is fairly good. I haven't seen the latest one. Judgment. Is that the one where the, the angels turn Pinhead back into human? No, no. That was uh, another one. Oh, that one sucked too. That was another one. I like the first three really well. I, Pinhead actually went to space too. He did. Yeah. All good movies end up in space. All good horror movies end up in space. So and we talked about that in the last episode. Yeah, we've talked about that in several yeah. episodes. And he made a, the the great 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 grandson of the original puzzle box creator mm-hmm. made a space station out of, into the box. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and like there's a building built that resembles the box. Yeah. And it trapped him. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see that this theme has kind of woven its way through a lot of awesome movies. You could even say to a degree, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Possessed Town again. Yeah, well, and he was... Haunted Town. He was very focused on that house. Freddy was. Yep. He, he always had a thing for the kids that lived in that house. Uh, haunted their dreams. Mm-hmm. Mainly went after kids. And then the 80s also, I mean, these movies weren't just scary. The, the haunted house 
theme was used in some comedies, like Beetlejuice. Yeah. And Beetlejuice is... Don't say it again, because you know what's going to happen. Well, it'll be here. Might improve the show, actually. <laughs> but Go ahead, make my millennium. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, you know... The the homeowners die. They are they are stuck in that house, along with uh, with Beetlejuice. Yep, and and a family of weirdos. Yeah, and then the family moves in and they start altering the house, and that's what pisses them off. Yeah, and they want them gone. So, again, it was uh, Winona Ryder, but she's the kid that could see what was going on. Yeah, because she know? was strange and unusual. Yes, she was also strange and unusual. I I kind of identified with that, you know. That that just struck a chord with me. It's like, wait a minute, I see weird shit too. I, you know, I identify with this character. But it, that was a purely um, entertainment. Oh, yeah. You know, it wasn't meant to be scary, although kids were scared of it. Now, the 80s were great. The 90s, not so much. No. The I mean, 90s didn't have a really good Early horror. 90s, they had... Okay, horror. Yeah. Later, like after I'd say like ninety, after ninety five, they went from mind fucking you horror, right, to these mediocre slashers. Yeah, they had like the Scream movies didn't really do anything. No, I was not impressed with Scream. I like the movie. It was a different... It was, But, yeah, it was not what we knew. The best thing about the Scream movies is that Wes Craven was making movies again. Yeah. You know, he, he made his jump from the Nightmare on Elm Street series and the things that he was doing there. Mm-hmm. He made his jump to the 90s. Yeah. And that was his character, his, his thing for the 90s. But, the ghost face guy. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it wasn't that... A lot of people love the movie, and it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad series. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I think the first two were the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then, as normal. The first one or two of the Yeah, series. and then they started getting off track and... And just kind of corny and recycling. Yeah. But there were a few that, you know, Merritt mentioned. Uh, the House on Haunted Hill. The remake is amazing. The remake I is it was amazing. done very well. Now, I will touch on the original... In the second half, because I have a whole thing that I want to talk about there, about these original movies. Okay. But The House on Haunted Hill, if you remember, it was a group of people that were invited to a party, and whoever can last the entire night at this party, they got like a million million dollars. dollars, Yeah, Yeah, they got a a size, I think it was like a million apiece, but... They you know they got they got money they got to split whoever uh, whoever left they got to split their money too yeah and nobody can figure out why they were invited to this party now in the remake it was all done digitally yeah they, their emails were sent out and it turns out that the house had done it that you know what was set up to be a kind of just a scary manufactured. Haunted house. Yeah. Turned out to be a real haunted house and it, they all had something to do with they were all related to somebody that had to do something with the house. Well, and it was an old asylum. Yeah. So it was all people that had tortured inmates or, or 
uh, tortured patients at the asylum. Yep. So, uh, really interesting concept, but it, it had been it was a remake. But I think they took it to another level with the oh yeah with the remake. I like where like you walk in one scene, and they had all those cadavers of the animals. Oh yeah. And all, they're all moving. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it was crazy. I the sequel wasn't as good. The Return to the House on Haunted Hill. No. But the the original remake was fantastic. Some things in there gave me not necessarily nightmares, but they lingered with me. Yeah. You know some of the scenes. Do you remember the haunting? I have seen it. I don't remember much of it. The haunting, very similar, where the house was out to get these people and it uh, it just like systematically like trapped them and would would kill them off yeah uh, until the one finally uh, she let herself be absorbed to the house and that saved everybody else oh shit uh, and Lily Taylor was the uh, was the actress at, I okay think, I think that's her name she uh, she sacrificed herself and the spirit that was there, the big black entity, was like, you, and like, took her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I really enjoy, I need to I need to revisit that one, because I, I remember really enjoying that movie. Uh, Wasn't it like her uncle or some shit? Something like that, but like all, everything in the house came to life. Like the, they had the little um, cherubs, the little angels that were yeah. in the woodwork, and they would like be watching, and, and you could see them like changing their expressions and stuff. And Yeah, because Scary Movie re- did a version of like that, but it yes. was, he was like, Richard Mole played that guy. Yeah. And he, like, he was floating, and he falls down the steps. Yes. Yeah. The Scary Movies are funny. The original, the Wayne's Brothers version yes. of Scary Movies yeah. were the best. Yes. And then again, you know, everybody just, they go off different fucking path. And and they just they retread all these old jokes yeah. and all these old stories. And Now, one that is kind of funny, but a damn good movie, The Frighteners. Frighteners is a great movie. I love The Frighteners. I will say... That the Frighteners is is probably some of Peter Jackson's greatest work. Yeah, I would disagree. Well, I know which one you might be talking about. Dead Life? No, Bad Taste. Bad Taste is good. <laughs> Bad Taste is good. <laughs> That's a terrible movie. Dead, Dead Alive like he is did, great. He did, he did Dead, a Bad Taste before he did Dead Alive. He did, yeah. And then he ended up you know, going did Frighteners and then Lord of the Rings and... No, I haven't seen ever seen. He forgot movie. all his roots and yeah, he he does King do, Kong and he doesn't do horror movies anymore. No, the Frighteners, very good. I uh, you know was in that Jake Busey. I do know that he he plays the killer. Yeah, he you know what Jake Busey's great in that. No matter what I say about Jake Busey, I do like his acting. Yeah, and I wanted to tell him that, and he didn't want to hear it. Mm-mm. He didn't want to hear anything about it. So he didn't want to hear anything about anything except for cutting his bangs. His, his fucking he's got great bangs. He does best bangs in the business right he does. there. Best bangs in the business. Best bangs in the business. So fucking Jake Busey. <laughs> <laughs> so with that kind of lull, because I mean, we had you know we talked about almost a dozen movies in the eighties and and three in the nineties. Uh, oh, there's another one, and I, I don't know if it fell in the nineties or not, but The Sixth Sense. I think that was the nineties. Was that yeah. late nineties? That was nineties. Yeah. The Sixth Sense. Say what you want about M Night Shyamalan. He's made some really good movies, then he's, he's made, made some, some really shit. fucking stupid movies. But The Sixth Sense was one of his best. 
And, you know, of course, you have Bruce Willis, powerhouse. He's great in fucking everything. Anything he does is amazing. doesn't matter what the fuck it is. He could be fucking farting on a snare drum. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually buy a ticket to watch I so that. <laughs> I, was that, uh, was that Mark Wahlberg or Donnie Wahlberg was that? That was Donnie. That was Donnie Wahlberg? Yeah, Donnie Wahlberg. So he was in that. Now he makes hamburgers. Yeah. Um, and uh, does a very good job making hamburgers. Mr. Jenny McCarthy. Yes. Yes. Mr. Yeah. Jenny McCarthy, the, uh, the hamburger king. Fucking dickhead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you got against uh, Donnie Wahlberg? He's married to Jenny McCarthy and I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, the, the Sixth Sense, that almost kind of brought it full circle for me. Yeah. Because this kid's saying, I see dead people. I saw them too. So I was like, oh my God. I, again, just like with Beetlejuice, I identify with this character. Yeah. Now, the twist at the end... Where he was dead. Where, yeah, where Bruce Willis was actually dead. Dead the whole time. He was trying to figure out why his wife wouldn't talk to him. Yeah, why his wife wouldn't talk to him and why he couldn't open that closet door. And because the world was as it was when he died. Yeah. But shit changed. And he didn't know it. And he couldn't see it. There's a lot of symbolism in that movie. Very lot. There's a lot, yeah. Have you watched a documentary about that movie? No, I have not. So, if you ever rewatch it, which it's one that is very rewatchable, pay attention to where the color red appears. Okay. The color red always signifies something bad or supernatural is going to happen. Uh, when the little boy gets trapped in the room at the birthday party, mm-hmm. there's a red balloon that floats up to that door, and the kid's following the red balloon. And then he goes into that closet because somebody says, come in here. Oh, shit. And he gets trapped and he's traumatized and all that. Uh, different characters will have like a red shirt on. They're very, very particular about the color red in, yeah. that, in that movie. Well, it's, it's the thing with um, M. Night Shyamalan, or however you pronounce his name. Do-do-do-do-do. Shyamalan. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> he puts weird hints in all his movies. It, there's a lot, He is a big on two things. Symbolism and complete fucking swerves like the movie's going along it's a great movie it's a great movie and then it just takes a sharp left and it just falls right in a pile of shit yeah Sixth Sense did not do that Mm. every other movie he did did oh man a lot of the rest of them are just what was that other one he did where it was the uh the village the village is horrible the village I was like this is gonna be fucking sweet you got demons in it yeah and it takes place back in fucking like scary kids yeah, and then they're like fucking. They're out in the middle of nowhere. There's a bunch of rich people. Yeah. And the demons are actually the parents. Right. I'm like, and it's just like there's this fucking wall, and the girl climbs over the wall, and it's right next to a fucking highway. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it, that movie sucked. Well, what we're going to talk about is a movie from 2001. That doesn't suck. That does not suck at all. And. 2001, I, I believe I was about 25. A space Odyssey. So you, you would have been 21? 21, yeah. And still, though, this is a movie I remember, I believe I saw it in the theater. Had my brother in it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we'll touch on that, too. We've got a little something there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh, we got up and uh, before we started recording and fucked with this brother a little bit. So we're, we'll play that for you. But... So, we're going to talk about 13 Ghosts. 
And I, I feel that that was, from what I can remember, in the 2000s, that was like the first amazing horror, horror movie. movie. And it, it holds up well. Yes, it does. I just watched it not that long ago. It holds up very it holds well. Up very well. So even with the CGI and everything else in it. Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. And I don't remember if I know we're going to talk about it, but the original was in 3D. Kind of. Well, they had if there was they they would flash it up on the screen glasses. Yes. You put your glasses on so you could see the ghosts. Yeah. But I don't remember if the remake was in 3D or not. Not that I remember. It should have been. It it damn well should have been because that would have been awesome. So we are going to do, do, do okay. First off, do you want to wrap up and say anything about any of these movies or anything about the state of horror and where it went and or ghosts, paranormal, anything? I'll talk about the movie House. Okay, yeah, that was one of the movies I remember watching that when I was little. I think the movie came out in '86, yeah, '87, something like that. And I used to watch scary movies by myself because my mom worked nights, and my brother he was off doing teenage shit, right, and. So I would sit there and watch all these scary movies by myself and scare the shit out of myself. Mm -hmm. So there's one scene in House where I think he's looking or he's just walking around looking for whatever the fuck he's looking for. Right. And it's in a bathroom and his his old his old Vietnam buddy, who is also played by Richard Mole, mm -hmm. he uh, he's in the shower. Yes. He fucking moves the shower curtain back, and he's all decayed, wearing his Vietnam gear, and he's trying to kill his old partner, his old buddy. Yep. I remember watching that scene, and I had to get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, I didn't want to walk down to mine, because mine was all the way down the long, dark hallway. Right. So I had to use my mom's, and I'm trying to, I'm waiting to go, getting ready to go to the bathroom, and I the shower curtain's closed. So I had to fly that shower curtain open to make sure there was no ghost in there. <laughs> but yeah, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was little. You know, the lead actor in uh, in House, uh, William Catt. Yeah. Greatest American hero. He is. Yeah. And that's that's something we should talk about. It'll have to be, I think it'd have to be coupled with a couple of other series because it only well, yeah, had a short run, but that was a great, great, one of my favorite uh, shows back then. I have never seen it. Oh, it doesn't really hold up well now. Yeah. But it's worth a watch. It's it's fun. So, do you wonder anything else about Ghost Paranormal, um, Haunted House movies of the 80s and 90s? Night of the Demons was always good. Night of the Demons is great. The original. The original takes the... The remake's not bad, but the original. The, well, yeah, the remake, that had some big big hitters in it. It did. It did. Um, the, the original did, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, basically, it was the house... They go to this house for a party. Yes. And... One of the girls, if I remember right, she gets possessed by the demon of the house. I don't remember if like she drinks something or she finds, she, I think she finds lipstick. Yes, she finds lipstick and puts it on. Puts it on and then yeah. the demon possesses her. Yes. And she goes around and killing everybody else or possessing them. Yes. You know, they don't make movies like that anymore. They They were... The '80s and and even into the early '90s, you're not going to get that that era no. of, of horror back. But they did pave the way for some decent movies, and Thirteen Ghosts is one of those. Yeah. So, I, uh, I think maybe we should just take a, a little break here. Quick break. And then uh, we'll be right back with some Thirteen Ghosts talk. And now these messages. looks just like the one next to it. 
and the one next to that, and the one next to that. A young couple live in it. Give Ken a kiss. <laughs> you are so unlucky. With their three children. <laughs> and something more. Once was a house, a bright, happy home. Something bad happened. Now it sits all alone. Is this where you're going? That's Hill House. It's perfect, isn't it? You all suffer from sleep disorders. My job is to find out why. What's the deal with the Adams family mansion? I gotta be honest, I don't get a real strong sleep vibe from this place. <laughs> Don't you love it here? This is so twisted. Calling it an insomnia study allows me to create a highly suggestive environment to observe the dynamics of fear. You don't tell the rats. They're actually in a maze. I just think Dr. Marrow's up to something. Have you ever kept something to yourself because you were afraid? All the time. Oh. I'm sorry.
Hey, dude. What's up? You know, I always thought that, like, Ram Man should have been a lot bigger because he was, like, ramming through walls. And he was just a little short dude. I, I wish I would have made an action figure of that. You know, you make that. Huh. Slime Pit Customs. Huh? Well, like, I love Captain Spaulding, but I wish that, like, he was a superhero. Dude. Huh. Slime Pit Customs. You know what? I kind of wish that they would have made, like, a, a green radioactive slime He-Man that was all covered in goo. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs? What's that? Slime Pit Customs, they make custom action figures. Anything you want out of anything you want. So, like, Slime Pit Customs could just make the action figure of my dreams come true? Yeah. Could they make me into an action figure? Yes, absolutely. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Check them out on Facebook. This is a house where no one should live. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her. She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Roger Cobb has come here alone. Daddy? <laughs> but no one is ever alone in the house. This house knows everything about you. Leave while you can. No! It has been waiting for him. Hi. Sandy. Mike Fantastic. I am Audacity Jones. We're the Russian Leg Sweep. Do you love pro wrestling? Do you? And you should listen to our podcast, The Russian Leg Sweep, on the Cloud Chowders Podcast Network. It's available wherever you find podcasts. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970. I heard a man named Charles Grady is the winter caretaker. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family for the next. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Mom? They really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter. Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is uh, the tremendous sense of isolation. Is there something bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. What did I I killed you with Manny. You did this to Didn't you? I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Here's Johnny. 
invited to a party if they can stay up till dawn they'll win one million dollars each the only catch is that they'll have to live through the night let the games begin There are ghosts around us all the time. Most of them, they can't hurt us. Most of them don't even want to hurt us. But there are exceptions. Is it bad tonight? Oh, bad? It's my professional opinion. We should get the hell out of here. Now. I represent the estate of your Uncle Cyrus. We have an Uncle Cyrus? Cyrus recorded this message six weeks ago. He asked it to be played for you in the event of his death. Arthur, I've instructed my lawyer to deliver my last will and testament. A key? A key to what? A key to your new house. This house is the fruit of my life's work. Oh my God. It is a one-of-a-kind home. It's marvelous, isn't it? Wow. Arthur, we've got some papers to sign in the library. After that, I would love to take you and the family around the tour of the house. This place is awesome! All right, now I know I'm dreaming. Oh, your uncle was quite a collector of many things. What the hell was that? This Halloween. You're wasting your time. It's all sealed up. The only thing worse than being trapped in a house with a ghost. This house is not a house. We're in the middle of the machine. Powered by the dead. Is being trapped in a house with 13 ghosts. Maggie! What? 
company. Where? I can't see. How close is it? Close enough to hurt you. Go, 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 go! to get me killed? I guarantee nothing. Alright, we are back. Welcome back. So, we're going to talk about 13 Ghosts. But, to start it off, we, uh, you guys might remember a few episodes back, when we did the Silver Surfer, we had Corey's brother up here with us. And... Corey's brother bears a striking resemblance to Matthew Lillard. And Jason Newstead. And Jason Newstead. So we decided to give him a call just to include him on this episode. <laughs> it was Corey's idea. He was not very happy, but I fucking thought it was hilarious. It was funny. So we're going to play that for you real quick right here. What's up, dude? What are you doing? We're we're getting we record a new episode today, and I wanted to call you and ask you a couple questions. Yeah, we have we we need your opinion on some things. Really? Yeah. Like off the cuff. Off the cuff. Yeah, yes. you'll be able to. You, you won't have any problem. It's <laughs> okay. easy, easy questions. We wanted well, ask to me some fucking questions then. We wanted to know what it was like to play and act in Thirteen Ghosts. Oh fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You might as well be. <laughs> was it hard to record uh, Injustice for All? Yeah. What was it like to record Injustice for All? Yeah, right. With no bass. <laughs> and and why, why wouldn't you play this stuff off of Kill Em All? Because that was really good stuff. <laughs> well, because I played with a pick. What, what was it like? What was it like to play Shaggy, Shaggy Rogers? <laughs> well, we're doing we're, do, we're, we're doing thir- we're doing <laughs> we're recording thirteen ghosts today, and yeah. I was like, yeah. dude, we gotta call my brother because he gets mad every time I tell him he looks like Matthew Lillard. Yeah, fuck off, <laughs> dude. I look like Jason Newsett, Matthew Lillard, and fucking uh, whatever the other guy's name is. So, uh, it's all, it's all eat a dick. <laughs> You're their love child. <laughs> the fucked up thing is I'm older than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Alright, dude, I'm gonna let you go. We're gonna record this episode now. <laughs> dude, you guys are fucking assholes. <laughs> I love you too, bro. Thanks for fucking including me, you fucking shithead. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> All right, See bye. you, Mark. So <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, you know, it's all about including uh, our family and friends. Yes, it is. He uh, he can now put that on his resume that he was on two episodes, two episodes of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. 
And that'll get him, uh, I don't know, throw it out of some place or something, I bet. Probably some uh, bubble gum. Maybe. Some fruit stripes. Some fruit stripes. So, 13 Ghosts. Now, 13 Ghosts is a remake. You know, the... The, uh, the original was that came out in 1960. Yeah, it came out in 1960. And it's similar in plot line. Um, you know, the uncle leaves this huge house to his nephew. And it's haunted by 12 ghosts. It's you know, just like this awesome house. It has a creepy housekeeper. And there's a hidden fortune somewhere. But there's these spirits. Now, they're different spirits than in the remake. Mm-hmm. The original has a wailing lady, clutching hands, a fiery skeleton, and an Italian chef who is continuously murdering his wife and her lover in the kitchen. You think that was Chef Boyardee? Might have been. <laughs> he does make some good ravioli, though. He does, he does. Yeah, right out of the can. I, I like SpaghettiOs myself. Uh, SpaghettiOs made me sit to my stomach. Really? Too rich. Especially uh, the, one, remember the one with the cheese, the sauce? Oh, yeah. It's not the cheesy one. It's not the macaroni and cheese one. I don't like that one at all. But there's one that had the tomato sauce with cheese in it. It makes me sick. Right? It's too rich. Huh. I do like the ones with the little uh, hot dogs in it, though. I, I'm not a fan of those. Oh, I love that one. I'm not a big fan of canned hot dogs. I like Vienna sausages, so, I, you know. I've heard that about you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, anyways. So there's also a hanging lady, an executioner that's carrying around a severed head, a fully grown lion with a headless lion tamer, a floating head, and then uh, Plateau Zorba, who is the uncle. Uh, he he is another one of the ghosts. Plateau Zorbo. Plateau Zorba. He sounds like a cl- that's a clown's name. Kind of. That'd be a great clown's name. Yeah. Well. So they're all held captive. They're looking for the 13th ghost to free them. The only way to see him is by putting these special goggles on. And uh, similar to the remake, the uh, lawyer type guy, he knows where the money is. He wants it for himself. So he gets the uh, family to let him go look for it. Yeah. Attempts to kill him. I. Uh, they end up killing him, I guess. And but anyhow, these these goggles. It was filmed with what they called illusiono, and the audience was given these goggles to wear. So when uh, there would be like a uh, message on the screen or whatever, and if they wanted to see the ghost, they could put these red cellophane goggles on, and then they could see the ghost almost like a three D thing. Yeah. And they said that the ghosts were faintly visible without the glasses, but they also made them to where you had these goggles, you could look through a blue section and not see the ghosts at all. You could hide the ghosts by just by closing one eye and yeah. looking the blue, or if you want to see them, you could look through the red. Well, the director, his name is uh, William Castle, and he was you know he directed a, a lot of, of movies, a lot of horror movies. You know, thriller. They called them thrillers. Yeah. Because they weren't, you know, really horror. But he would make these things. He'd make them quick. He'd you know, throw them out there. But he always had a gimmick. So he, he did the original House on Honor Hill. 
Oh no shit! With, with Vincent Price, he did a few movies with Vincent Price. That is that's probably one of my favorite movies. The, the original. Yeah. What he did is, uh, in the original House on Haunted Hill, it came out in 1959. He okay. What you need to know about movies back then, they didn't premiere across the country. Mm-mm. They came out in select theaters and moved their way across the country or moved their way from the coasts into the center. Yeah. And they would pass these film reels from theater to theater. That's where you get the term grindhouse because it like a grindhouse, uh, it was never a film genre. It was the, the theaters that, that showed these horror movies because big theaters wouldn't show them. Yeah. So they call them grindhouses. In transporting these... See, we're, 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 we are educational. We're very educational. And this is something we actually know about. Actually, I did not know that fact, though. You didn't know that? No. Well, here, this might be more that you... And this will explain, like, you remember when the when the Grindhouse movies came out with uh, Planet Terror and, yeah. uh, Heart, and uh, Death Proof? Remember how they were all fucked up and they skip around scenes mm-hmm. and shit? Okay, there's a reason for that. It's because as these films got passed from theater to theater... They'd get scratched up. They'd get a burn in them. Uh, some some people would clip a scene, uh, one frame out of the movie and splice it back together for a souvenir. Yeah. So you end up with whole scenes missing. It, eventually, as people are clipping here, clipping there, the movie would jump around. So the person that saw it in the middle of the country did not see the same movie that they saw on the coast. Oh, no shit. So that's why when Rodriguez and Tarantino did their movies... They did that clipping. They did that clipping. Now, interesting fact about those movies, which I know those were much later. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, interesting thing about that. So they, they made those movies to be paired together. Rodriguez made Planet Terror. And when he did all of his uh, distressing of the movie, he went and digitally distressed it. Mm-hmm. You know, he put it in com- with a computer. When Tarantino did Death Proof, he took his film out. He fi- he actually recorded on film, and then took his film out and like scraped it on the concrete. I remember and like about just that, yeah. and like threw and threw it, and then he went in and cut pieces out of it and inserted. He did it the legit old school style. Yeah. When he did his, so and they said that Rodriguez is like, "What the fuck are you doing? You just filmed this." He's like, "I'm making our movie. Leave me alone." You know. <laughs> But, so, that's that's a little fact about that. So, House of Haunted Hill. What he did, he this, uh, William Castle was known for having gimmicks for his movies in the theater. Very interactive gimmicks. House on Haunted Hill, the highlight of the movie is that, uh, where he, that skeleton puppet. Mm-hmm. When Vincent Price is terrorizing, I believe it's his wife, with the skeleton puppet. Yeah. Because she, she, she hates him. Yeah, she, yeah they, they hate each other, and he's trying to kill her. And he's trying to scare her to death. Well, uh, he would have a like a skeleton puppet with red eyes lit up that was on a wire. And as that scene approached, the skeleton would glide over top of the audience. Oh, that's awesome. And... They said people were, like, freaking out about it. I wish they'd do shit like that today. I know. There would be so much, you know... It would be so much fun to do something like that. But once... Of course, as this movie was making its way across the country, word spread that the skeleton was part of the movie. Kids would throw popcorn and empty boxes and soda cups at it, trying to knock it down. Yeah. 
so they discontinued doing that. I, uh, in thirteen, Ghosty had the the uh, the glasses glasses that he handed out. Uh, another another movie is it actually in nineteen fifty nine again, uh, and, and with Vincent Price called The Tingler. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's a good movie. Uh, it's got this creature that attaches itself to the human spinal cord, and it's activated by fright, but it can only be destroyed by screaming. So, they, uh, <laughs> William Castle bought these military surplus airplane de-icers, mm-hmm. and it was just a bunch of vibrating motors that would attach to the wing, and he had a crew that would travel to the theater it was going to be playing in, and they would install these motors under certain seats. Oh, dude, that is so awesome. And there's a point where Vincent Price says that these creatures have gotten loose in the theater. So he would tell the audience, Vincent Price tell the audience, you need to scream for your lives. And then people's seats would start vibrating, and so they'd freak out. Uh, it's, it's often said that he was shocking people, it was just a vibration. People yeah. reported that they were being shocked. They've got chairs, something similar like that now. Yeah. But I don't know anybody who's actually purchased a chair. No. To go When they go to the theater, I mean, because it, it'll... It vibe. rumbles. Yeah, and... it does all that shit. Well, John, the director, John Waters, was a big fan of this movie. And he said that he would go, after he figured out what it was, he would go see the movie over and over and over, and he would seek out the motors and the chairs. Yeah. So that he could sit in one of them and get the full effect, effect of, the, of the film, what he was doing. So, yeah, the uh, the Tinglers, it's great. Uh, another one that he did, this crazy gimmick in, uh, 1961's Homicidal. And he put in what he called a fright break. So there was a, a timer on the screen right around the climax of the film where... The, the female lead was going up to a house that had this killer in it, and the audience had 45 seconds to leave at that point if they wanted a full refund. If they were too scared and they didn't want to see the yeah. the big scare, they could leave. So it would be like, you, you have 45 seconds, you can you can leave and get your money back and all that. And so what people would do, they, they figured that out, so they would watch the movie, then they would sit in the theater and watch partway through the second movie without paying yeah. and then get up and leave and get their money back. So they said after that they had different colored tickets printed so you had to present a different colored ticket to get into the next showing. So they eliminated that but still there was about 1% of the people demanded their refund. So what he did, William Castle lost his mind at that point. He's like, okay, people want to walk out? I'm going to make them pay. So he had this thing called the Coward's Corner. He had a little yellow cardboard booth that they would put a theater employee in, which this theater employee had no clue what was going on. Yeah. They just said, just be here. You know, this is your job. So they would put that in the lobby. When they announced the fright break, and if you had to leave, you had to get up, and there were yellow footprints going up the aisle. You had to get up, walk across the yellow footprints, and there was a... And it was all yellow lights came on, and... There was a yellow line on the floor, and they had to get up, cross the yellow line. There was a nurse there that was in a yellow uniform who would give a blood pressure test. And then if anybody got up, the theater would start playing a soundtrack that was screaming, Look at the chicken! 
Look at the coward's corner. Oh Look at him go. God, that's and so he would funny. He would basically like belittle them as they left, and then they had to sign a, a yellow card that said, "I am a bona fide coward." <laughs> so he did all kinds of other movies. He did all kinds of uh, other little stunts. In so I'm almost wondering if like the movie Matinee with John Goodman in it, yes, was based off of him loosely. It, I think it was because they did a lot of that same shit. Yep. In those movies. I think they took his ideas. Because uh, that's one of my favorite movies to watch. It takes place, you know, it's back in like in the 50s. Yeah, I bet it is. And you've got that, you know, they're trying to get that, they're trying to get everybody scared while watching these movies. Like they had the giant ant, guy in the giant ant costume run through the theater, yes. scare people, the, the seats would shock or vibrate, yep. make people scared. I guarantee, because this, this is the guy that did it. Yeah. Uh, there was one movie that, they filmed two endings, and you could decide if, basically like the old Gladiator style. Yeah. Do you want him to live with a thumbs up, or do you want him to die with a thumbs down? And they gave the audience glow-in-the-dark thumbs. Yeah. And the audience would overwhelmingly vote to kill a guy off. And uh, so they say that the alternate ending, they don't even know if it was ever shot. Oh, no but shit. But they said that it was never screened. Uh, there was another one where... They had, uh, like, glow-in-the-dark coins that would interact with the movie, you know, in some way. Um, 13 Frightened Girls, 1963. He did a casting, a worldwide casting call, looking for the prettiest girls from different countries. He got, he included 15 different countries. And he would film a slightly different version where he would highlight that girl in her country. So oh, she wow. would star in the movie in her country. And it was like, oh, he did this campaign, and this is, that's her, you know? Well, it was only in that country that it was shown. It's brilliant. That's pretty cool. Uh, they had, uh, in Street Jacket, they had uh, Joan Crawford went on a promotional tour, and they, the backers of the movie, they said, quit doing gimmicks. Just stop. This is stupid. So they, they just said, okay, well, Joan Crawford's just going to go out and do a promotional tour. Well, Joan Crawford handed out... Uh, these cardboard axes <laughs> as they went in because the movie had something to do with an axe. Uh, I saw what you did. They promoted with this giant plastic telephone and then prank phone calls, just like the one we did at the beginning of the show here, went nuts. And the Bell Telephone Company, they refused to let him use the word telephone <laughs> in any of his movies. Oh, wow. So he just went in and he made a shock section and that one actually did give him a little shock. He put seatbelts on the seats. So when they got shocked, they didn't fly out of their chair. Oh, my God. That's awesome. And then the last big promotional thing. This had nothing to do with the theater. But he did a movie in 75 called Bug. And he advertised that he took out a million-dollar life insurance policy on the film star. The film star was Hercules, who was a cockroach. No shit. Yeah. So that's, I mean, although that's not really the era that we talk about normally, I think it's important to know where, where this came from, from. Yeah. you know, and the original 13 Ghosts was a very interactive film, because that makes more sense when you see the remake, Yeah, because they have those glasses, and it's like, why the hell do you have the glasses? Like I said, I still think that movie, the remake, should have been in 3D. I think so, too. should have had, they could have done it at least where you had to put the glasses on to see what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Which, 
would have been amazing. That would have been really cool if they would have inter- you know done that just as a tribute to, to William Castle. Yeah. So, what do you remember about 13 Ghosts? I mean, just kind of an overview of the plot. I mean, we've already talked about the, the original, which is similar. Yeah. Mother dies. Horrific fire. Horrific fire. Um, the beginning, of the, the first, I think it's like the first scene in the movie is where they get the juggernaut. Yes, they they get the juggernaut, and then over the credits, it's all voiceover. You hear the fire. Yeah. You hear the mother actually die. And, but but it's very bloody. They're spraying, dude. They're spraying oh, blood. They're spraying blood. Spraying blood all over the place and, in a junkyard. And Matthew Lillard's like, blood. What are we? We've never needed blood before. We've never hunted anything like this before. Yeah, or my brother, whoever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he's. I know if he he's a very he's like a psychic, like a psychic. Yes, he's a he's a psychic, and he's assisting in. Collecting, collecting these, ghosts. these ghosts, so they're they're pissed off in general. Now they're pissed off at him. Yes, because he helped. Yes, and the the family, like I said, the, the mother dies, and the family gets yeah. Your uncle Silas has has died. Mm-hmm. You were the only living relatives, so you get his house. Now, in a tribute to the original, in the original, the. Uh, the young man that inherited the house, his name was Cyrus. Okay. In the remake, the, the uncle man, yeah, is Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah. So they they show up to the house and they're the lawyers telling him everything. And the lawyer splits. Yeah. He he takes off, and he's like he well he splits literally. Well, he tries to leave. Yeah. He, he's yeah. like he takes off and he can't get out of the house. Well, he picks up the money. Yes. And that's what sets off everything. Yep. Because it was sitting on that it was sitting on that switch. Yep. So once he sets that hits, he sets that off. All the doors start changing. Well, because if you remember when they come up to the house, it's all clear. Yeah, it's made out of glass, and because that's one of the comments I think Shannon Elizabeth makes. How do you go to the bathroom? Yeah, it's all glass, and it was basically just a big spirit box. Yeah, it was keeping everything in. Yes. So so it, when they put the glasses on, they could see all the protection spells or all the trapping spells. Yeah, there were trapping spells on all the, the, the partitions and all the walls. And it had, each, each one of them had something to do with each ghost. Yes. So we'll get into the ghosts here in a little bit. But so he's basically, he's inherited this great house and everything seems to be okay. He just gets this house and all of a sudden, holy shit, there's a bunch of ghosts in. Yeah. And then the plot just starts to unravel and show you. I like the way it reveals a little bit at a time. They don't just say, oh, here's the deal and here's what's going to happen. No. And here, watch it happen. It's almost like it's happening in real time. And it's almost like the movie is being not necessarily written, but it, it unfolds in real time. It's not like, oh, we're, we're in a haunted house and there's going to be a lot of shit going down. No, it, it's, it's each, each ghost has its own little story. Yeah, and each... As it's telling the movie. Well, that and it it tells more and more about why they're in that house, and you discover with them. Yeah. I really like that about this, because it doesn't really tell you why they're there. I mean, it just they inherited this house. Mm-hmm. So, here's it, and I need, I need to say this, because I think this is a great idea. And my, my friend, uh, Becca, she said this, it's just like a, a comment on Facebook one time. Yeah. She said Netflix needs to do 
a series, like a mini series of thirteen ghosts. Of thirteen ghosts explaining the backstory. I think I've even said this. Well, she put it on Facebook. Yeah, explaining the backstory to all the ghosts, and that got shared and shared and shared, and the circle, you know, the ripple went out, out. Now it's a like a almost like a meme that says that that pops up about every three months. That's probably where I've seen it. And it pops up on Facebook about every three or four months. And I always say, Becca, there's there's your thing, you know, right right there. It it's back. It oh, just, I think that would be great. It won't go away. And she, it, we, it's kind of a joke, but I know she kind of gets annoyed by it because she said it and she thought, I'm just saying something. Yeah. And it's created this big ripple effect. Ripple effect, and now it's it's all over the place. So it's kind of cool to go viral, but she's not getting any credit for it. Yeah. So anytime I see it, I make sure I mention that she said it. <laughs> you know, that's pretty. I, that, I think that's a great idea. I think it'd be awesome. So let's. Uh, I mean, well, because we'll jump off topic real quick. It goes back to our was it our second episode, Scooby Doo. Oh yeah, Scooby Doo. They did the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, not the same exact style, but they had a Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. Yeah, and I think uh, Vincent Price was a part of that too. I think so. I think he, he played was, he played a character much like himself. Yeah, he played. I think Vincent Price played Vincent Price on Scooby Doo, but I think this one was fairly new. Okay. So I don't know if they had a Vincent Price voice actor on there, they could have done that. I know he he was a part of of one of them. Yeah. And he played a character that was based on Vincent Price, but it wasn't him. I think it was House on Haunted Hill. Maybe that was like a story style. Oh, like for Scooby Doo. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go through the ghosts, and they don't really like. They don't really mention their backstory in the movies. No, they just give them. They, I think, they briefly say what they are. They do, and they kind of go through the the what do they call it the, the dark zodiac, the black black zodiac. zodiac. They go through that, and it tells you what the ghosts are, but it doesn't say who they are or how they became. Now, the bonus features do on the DVD. There's a little featurette that they go through very briefly, each yeah. one of them. I think I had the DVD. I don't know if I still own it. but I, I, I have it. I might even have two of them. All right. <clears throat> so let's run through what the ghosts are. Let's see. I've got those here. Okay. you got the firstborn. The firstborn son. The firstborn son. And he's one, he's got the arrow through the his arrow head. The arrow through his head. He, uh, let's see. His thing is he liked to, to be a cowboy. And he liked to play cowboy. And one day... Another little boy challenged him to a duel, and so he pulled his cap gun out, and the other little boy had a real arrow, arrow, bow and arrow, and so he shot him. And he doesn't really ever attack. He just wants to play. He's still wanting to play. I think that was one of the first ghosts that they encountered. Yeah. Okay. Simply, yeah, just a stubborn brat. Yeah. Who's just, obsessed with the world of cowboys and Indians, took president over... All else, yeah. He he just wanted to to play, you know, cowboy. You got the torso. Hey, the torso. He was a gambler, and he was on a train bound for nowhere. He bummed uh, whiskey and cigarettes and taught a man uh, the importance of gambling. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Know when to walk away and know when to run. That was the wrong gambler. Oh. Oh yeah, this gambler. <laughs> this gambler was uh, a gambler in the 1900s who uh, Jimmy Gambino. Yeah, Jimmy, and he fucked over the mafia because he lost a boxing bet and he didn't have the money to pay, 
So they cut him up into little pieces, wrapped him in cellophane, and dumped him in the ocean. So all he is is a torso and a head and a severed head wrapped in cellophane. And he is another one that is just kind of around. He doesn't really do yeah, much. Yeah, he, he can't really do much. He kind of walks around on his hands. Yeah. The Bound Woman. The Bound Woman. Richest girl in town. Susan LeGrow. She was very popular, and uh, she would tease boys and men. So during her senior prom night, she was killed by a jilted ex-lover named Chet Walters, who was the star quarterback, and he caught her cheating with another guy. So she's the one that lures the, the boy into the basement, and she's still in her prom attire and still bound with ropes mm -hmm. and arms. I think he hung her or something. Uh, not this one, I don't think. I don't remember. Uh, jealous monster, Chet made the nice compliment to his cabal of sinister ghosts, the bound woman that, you know, I can't even pronounce that word, so I'm not going to say it. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that. All right. <laughs> the withered lover. And the withered lover, we can actually... Uh, we can actually circle back to her, because she comes into play at the end of the movie. Yes, she does. So we'll go with the Torn Prince. Torn Prince. Torn Prince was a, uh, was a very talented teenage baseball player in the 1940s and 50s. He was... Uh, Royce Clayton. Yeah, Royce Clayton. He caught the eye of colleges and was being scouted, and... His uh, nemesis cut his brake lines in his car because he was jealous. So he... During a drag race. Yeah, they had a drag race and he cut the brake lines. So his remains are burned and his ghost carries a baseball bat around. That explains the baseball bat. Mm -hmm. He's a baseball player. And he has his, his part of his, his car is in his cell with him. Yes. Yeah, when, he, uh, when you see him in, the, in his little containment unit. The Angry Princess. The Angry Princess is Dana Newman. She was uh, a beautiful but abused lady, and she was she lived in the uh, later 1900s. She kept having plastic surgeries, and they she had a botched uh, surgery, and it mutilated her face, so she couldn't deal with that, and so she uh, committed suicide. Her ghost is often it is, it's all cut up. Um, she's naked, and she carries around a knife, the same knife that she used to, uh, to cut herself up cut and, her wrists. and cut her wrists. And she is shown in the movie in that bathtub of blood. Yeah. And that's like an amazing scene because nobody, they don't have the glasses yet, so nobody knows she's there. Yeah. And, and well, she's sitting there and she's watching, um, Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah run the bath and fill the water and everything and, and she's like what the fuck are you doing here yeah and then she's like watching her look at herself in the mirror yeah, that's creepy yeah that her her parts are very creepy and she is a very she's very jealous of pretty people yes she is so that's because well, she reaches up she's getting ready to stab her yeah and then she something I can't remember like her dad calls her name or something and she runs off and she runs off yeah she's gonna be discovered so the uh, the pilgrimess Pilgrimess, Isabella Smith. She was a, a pilgrim. Go figure. 
uh, comes to North America as a colonist to find a new life after she was an orphan in England. And she was ostracized and ignored and accused of witchcraft when the crops and the animals mysteriously died. So she uh, got trapped in a burning barn. She managed to escape, but she died of starvation. So she, uh, she I, I don't remember if she was necessarily a really vengeful spirit. No. I, I mean, I, I don't remember her doing a lot in the movie. She was just there. She, yeah, she didn't do much. Um, who we got? The Great Child and the Dire Mother. Okay, this this couple, these are a pair of ghosts. So, the... In great, my opinion, I think they're the creepiest ones. Oh, I think so, too. The, uh, the Great Child was a special needs man. He was in, uh, he was in diapers. He had to be spoon-fed. Uh, he often acted and made sounds like a baby. Mm -hmm. uh, he was mocked and teased throughout his life and he caused a massacre at the old freak show where he and his mother lived and so the the freaks the the sideshow uh performers they kidnapped and killed his mother as a joke and That's a fucked up joke yeah so the circus owner blamed this uh, oh it was it was a it was a prank gone wrong yeah she suffocated in a bag yeah she they, they kidnapped her and ended up killing her so the uh, the boy had been had been uh, traumatized by this obviously and he killed the circus owner and so. He appears with the axe in his hand that he used to kill all these people at the circus. Now, the mother, the dire mother, says she was a shy little lady standing three feet tall. And she couldn't really ever stand up for herself. Uh, she lived with all kinds of atrocities at the, uh, the circus. And so they, uh, they were almost inseparable. And when she died, then... The, the the boy obviously he, he he killed the circus owner, he was killed himself, and in a very gruesome way. That's all they say. Yeah, they say he was killed very gruesomely, and they they weren't aggressive at all. They just were there. Mm -hmm. The hammer. Yeah, these last three are kind of motherfuckers. The hammer. I like the hammer. The hammer's cool. Uh, he was a blacksmith, and he was falsely accused of stealing. So. They, they ended up killing him, and uh, yeah, they they grabbed him. A band of thugs, it says, grabbed him while he was walking home from the market, and they killed him, and they attached his blacksmith's hammer to his hand, and they they cut it off. They cut it off, and they attached his blacksmith hammer to the, to where his hand would be. And he was tied to a tree, and nails were driven through his body. They drove, yeah, they drove spikes through him. So he's uh, very angry, and he is very uh, violent. So yeah, he is one of my favorites. Just the, the visual of, of him with all the spikes in yeah. him. Yeah, he's always like kind of growling and and. Oh mad. yeah, he's 
He's got some of the best features in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the makeup and the effects that they do on him, which is something that we look at and we talk about a lot just because it's a field of, yeah. of work that we, we like to, to participate in. The Jackal. The Jackal is awesome. The Jackal's cool. He did have a lot of scenes, but he I think he made the, one of the some of the biggest impacts on people. Well, yeah, because he was he was just brutal. He uh, did he he had a cage around his head. Yeah, and he had a straitjacket on that he had broken out of. So he was in an asylum at one point because he was born to a prostitute in 1887, and so he grew up and he would attack prostitutes in the night. So they put him in the institute to uh, help treat his problem. But it was back when they would do medical experimentation on uh, people that... Mentally unstable people. Yeah, people who were committed to the uh, the asylum. So that made it worse, and he went completely insane from being in solitary confinement and having his head locked in a cage. So he hated everybody. And he chose to... The asylum burnt down. He chose to stay and die in the fire. So... Uh, yeah, that, he's uh, he's a uh, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, but man, he's a brutal one. Brutal. We well, said here he had he he committed himself to the asylum to help cure his insatiable appetite, but after years of incarnation, he went completely around the bend and began scratching at the walls. Later, voluntarily perishing in the asylum's fire. Oh yeah, he did. He voluntarily committed himself. So, and then the the last one before we get into the bulk of it, because this would be the 11th ghost. The yeah. Juggernaut. The Juggernaut. Horace Breaker Mahoney. He was disfigured, and he was an outcast. He was also fucking huge. Yeah. I think even the actor, I think he's like almost seven foot tall. Yeah, he's... He, uh... He got put... His dad put him to work at the junkyard that they had. He used his un- unusual strength to crush cars. So then his dad died, which was all he, he had. Yeah. He went insane. So he would uh, attack motorists and hitchhikers and tear them apart with his bare hands and feed their remains to his dogs. He was arrested. A SWAT team shot and killed him when he broke out of his handcuffs. So when they found him, he's the one they're hunting at the beginning. Yep. In the junkyard. So they... The police eventually caught up to him and pumped more than 50 rounds in his giant body, which is why his ghost appears riddled with holes. Wow. They comment that his, his uh, kill count numbered in the 40s. So he was one of the most evil and most dangerous of the, of the ghosts. So, in the movie, they're encountering all these ghosts. They, they learn about the glasses that they can put on and see them. But they didn't have enough glasses to go around. Yeah. So they had to swap the glasses around. There's uh, one more that we haven't talked about yet. The Broken Heart. Well, there's the, those are the last two. Yep. So we'll talk about them because they come in at the end of the movie. So they're uh, seamless, seemingly in search of these last two ghosts. Uh, and they... Now we can talk about like how, the go, how they interact with the ghosts because there's some amazing kill scenes in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, the lawyer. The lawyer, I think the lawyer, he didn't get killed by a ghost. He got killed by the house itself. The house killed him. Because the wall came down 
the door, or, yeah, the, the door, door shut, shut on, him. on him, and it split him in half. That is such a great scene. Because when it opens, back, it, when it splits, you can see like the backs of his eyes. Yeah, he like slides. Yeah. The front him slides down the glass door, and you can see the back part. If you watch that scene, I I believe you can even see like the the eye the eyeballs twitching. Yeah, yeah. And the brain kind of pulsating and everything. That is such a great scene. But he's lured there into that position by one of the ghosts. I think it's the uh, the princess. I think so. She's like stalking him, and he's talking to her and making remarks about her. And when he gets to that no, point, yeah, 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 he does. He says something to her. Yeah, he 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 makes some derogatory comments to her, and she just stops and is looking at him, and the door slams shut. Yep. So the house kills him, but she like lures him there and gets him in position. That's a, probably the be- one of the best death scenes in a movie. Oh yeah, it's great. It that and like the first ten minutes of the movie Ghost Ship. Oh, yeah. Are amazing. Amazing for death scenes. Which I would like to see a prequel to why, what actually, who who killed everybody. Because they never explain that. No, in Ghost Ship? Yeah. Yeah, no, they don't. Ghost Ship, brilliant. Go check that out. That's one we didn't mention, but amazing. Amazing. Yeah, fucking awesome. The, the, the first 10 minutes are really good. The rest of the movie, eh, it's okay. But the first 10 minutes yeah. is just. It's nothing but but gore. Bloodbath. Yeah. Was it the survivors? They put them all in the fucking pool. Yep. And they shot them all. You can see all the bullet holes Mm -hmm. in the pool and shit. Oh, yeah, that movie's fucking great. So they start figuring out how to defeat these ghosts with fireworks, flares. Yep. And uh, the different spells. They could get behind different spells. They couldn't get through them. They couldn't get through. The library was a safe zone for them. Yep. And they're trying to figure out why. What's going on? Um, they later discover that the, uh, what was it, the Withered Lover? The Withered Lover. The Withered Lover is actually the mother that got killed in the fire. Yep. And the son sees her first. Yes, he sees his mom, and she says, run. She, he, he hears her. She says, run, because the son is obsessed with death after his mom dies. Yeah. And he always carries around that little Mr. Microphone, mm-hmm. and he's talking into it, and she starts talking to him through that. And he's like, oh, fuck, that's my mom's voice. And she says, run, just run and don't stop. Well, they can't get out of the house. But they discover that she has been captured as a ghost. Mm-hmm. And then the uncle's ghost comes back. Well, the uncle is the one who started the fire. Yes, he, he's the one that killed her. Yeah. And then he went and took her spirit at the hospital. Yep. So they find out, what was that, that last, the broken heart? The broken heart. So the broken heart is... Monk. Yeah, it's Tony Shaloub. So I think it's his name. Yeah, I think so. Tony Shaloub. But he was supposed to die. He was supposed to sacrifice Aren't himself. They, wasn't he the one that made uh, Micro Machines? I don't think so. That Shal- was, no, that was Galoob. Oh, okay. Galoob. Ga- oh, Galoob. Galoob. Not, sh- not Shaloub. But he was supposed to sacrifice himself and die mm-hmm. into the, the circle... Yeah, because they had the, the... The Black Zodiac Circle. And the house was like a big machine. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, all but that he stuff ends up great. living. He lived through it. Yeah. He and jumped through it in... It, the, 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 the... I guess you want to call it the, the Black Zodiac Death Machine. Yeah. He was supposed to cut him up as he was supposed to be jumping to sacrifice himself for his family. And it didn't work. No, no. The house, like, it like jammed up or something and just stopped. The, uh, the nanny... 
Remember the nanny was messing with the controls? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. she had it all freaking out. Yeah, she it was like be blades and it would close and it would be blades. And, so she was messing with it to, uh, to kind of jam things up. And forgot about the nanny. Yeah, the nanny. The nanny was in the whole the whole thing. We just didn't mention her. She was like the hero. And they ended up. I think they got a bunch of money, didn't they? At the end. Yeah, I think so. It was was at the. It was in the house. Yeah, the money. We forgot how Matthew Lillard died. The jogger that killed him. Oh yeah, broken in half. Yeah. Oh, that was a great scene too. So. They. uh, They oh, and the hammer got him too. No, the the hammer was going after him. Yeah, the the hammer the hammer was beating him, and then the juggernaut stepped in and yeah, broke him in half, like over the corner. Yeah, that's right. So the only way for his name is Arthur, but it's it's Monk. The only way for him to save his kids is he had to sacrifice himself to become a ghost. So the kids were in the middle of this death machine, and. He jumped in to save them, and it didn't didn't work work out right because the nanny was messing with the uh, controls. And they never ex- really explain how Silas ended up back in the house. Was he actually dead? Was he faking it? I but think he had was... that he had that cut on his neck. Yeah, because the one that the jogger not killed him with one of the cars. Yes, but they it, didn't. Well, they, they he was a ghost, but in the end. The ghosts all grabbed him for imprisoning them and ripped him in half. And they threw him into that machine. And he oh, got yeah. cut, cut yeah. him. So pieces. that's what I was saying. How was he? Was he dead or was he alive? Was he? Was the whole plan for him to come back to life because he knew he was going to die? It's possible. Maybe that's why he was gathering all the ghosts. Well, yeah, it's possible that he could be immortal if if he had all the ghosts. There was a subplot I don't remember. Maybe it's. I do remember. I, I don't remember what... I remember that there was something... There was a reason. He, it, it would give him power. Yeah. So, but... Uh, yeah, that's basically the movie. Well, so, the movie did fairly well. I yeah, it did really well. And it's... Like I said, it still holds up today. It's, I could, it's one of those movies that I will watch it whenever I see it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's one that I... It's on my regular rotation. Yeah. Just because it's a great... It's a great movie... And it was one of the first great movies in the 2000s oh, yeah. that I remember. I think it helped change the way horror is today because, like we said earlier, the mid-90s was not a horror genre. It was a slack. I would call them slashers. Slashers and, and thrillers. Thrillers, because you had I Know What You Did Last Summer, which was Meh. just a guy with a hook. Yeah, the old fisherman. Yeah. And... That movie wasn't scary at all. No, it wasn't. It was very uh, predictable. But then you got these movies today, which, like, I'm big on the ghost movies. Well, yeah, like the uh, the Conjuring universe. The Conjuring universe, all that paranormal activity. Yeah. Those are, I think those are done great. They are. And the Conjuring, if you really get into the Conjuring universe, uh, the Conjuring movies are, are good. You know, they have the the big thing with the Conjuring movies, the big, I guess, spirit is the nun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an effective, I think, an effective uh, villain. Villain, yeah, for last she's They don't bring her out until almost the last couple movies, because mm-hmm. then she had her own movie, but she's the spirit that's always been there. Yes. 
She's the one that's always been doing this, and there, there's a painting of her. Yeah. Uh, but the Conjuring movies, Annabelle is part of the Conjuring universe, mm -hmm. and Annabelle is, uh, I think those are great movies, based in truth. Yeah, stretched. Yeah. It's very stretched. They're they're very stretched, and a lot of creative license taken, but they're based in truth on actual paranormal cases that have been recorded by the Warrens. And, and the actress who plays um, Lorraine, Lorraine, she, Lorraine actually said she has done the best job at portraying her. Yes. Yes, she did. Before she passed away. Yeah. She she said that she was a, a, a good Lorraine. And as far as I know, those movies got the stamp of approval. Oh, yeah. You know, they were, they were well received by uh, at least Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Um, what was his name? Fred? No. Ed. 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 You're close. He died years before. Yeah. So, yeah, 13 Ghosts was kind of that pivoting point from, or kind of a transition from the 80s, where they had great movies. Mm -hmm. The 90s kind of fizzled a little bit. To shitty. And then, boom, here's 13 yeah. Ghosts, and it took off from there, and, you know, decent movies were being produced again. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got, I mean, even like, well, like Rob Zombie, he does, they're not ghost movies, but they're gives you that old school horror. Oh yeah, yeah, he's got that grungy feel to yeah. his, uh, a lot of his movies. I mean, 30 uh what was it? Um The Witch one. Oh, uh, uh, I I uh, Lord of Salem. Lord of Salem. It's an okay movie. It's it, weird. It's very weird. You have to It's one of those movies where you kind of have to really really pay attention to what the fuck is going on. You kind of have it's it's in the first viewing you're like, God, this is a shitty movie. Yeah. You've got to watch it two or three times to catch everything and not pay attention to the fact that, God, this is a shitty movie. Yeah. It's a decent movie. 31 was not what I was expecting it was going to be. No, 31 was decent. I liked 31. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just going to be a movie about psychotic clowns, you know, with fucking or whatever, something on Halloween. Yeah, which it is. But it takes place in a, like, these kids get kidnapped. And it's almost like a running man type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you're going against psychotic clowns. Yeah. That's their killers. Yeah. You know, that's their hired assassins. And it's like a, it's like, what is it? These rich people watch these guys do this. And they're betting. Yeah. They're betting on them. It's got uh, Michael McDowell's in it. Malcolm. Yeah. Malcolm. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell. That man's good in anything he's in. Fuck yeah, he is. He's amazing. He's amazing. Uh... He, uh, he, he, Rob Zombie tends to use a lot of the same people in his movies just because yeah. he gets a cast and crew that he likes that he's working with and he uses them in everything. I wish he'd still use Robert Mukes. Yeah, yeah, that didn't work out, but Robert Mukes would have been, would have been different. It would have been a lot different to see him as Michael Myers. Yeah. Which, because he's a lot bigger than Tyler. Tyler's a good guy, though. Tyler's a good guy. Yeah. I, I like. I did like Tyler. Yeah. But I mean, size wise. Size wise, yeah, he is. He just tower. He, he's yeah. just a massive. And Tyler's a big dude. I've worked with Tyler yeah. on some things. He's a big dude, and uh, or I guess not. He's not. He wouldn't tower over. But uh, Robert is just. He's just a. He's more muscly. Yes. He's he's more. He's thicker. He's he's built bigger. Uh, Tyler is is tall and kind of lean. Yeah. Uh, still, he puts on what he needs to put on, and he does Makes a great work. job. Yeah, he does a great job. 
I'm not knocking Tyler at all. Yeah, no, Ty, Tyler's you know he's he's a, he's a, an acquaintance I would call. And I've gotten to know Robert really well. Yeah, and Robert's a friend. Yeah. And so, you know, they're they they they're both good, and they they both have gone on to do great great things. Uh, uh, Robert in Bone Tomahawk is that's an awesome holy movie, shit. dude. When I was talking to him when he was doing that, and he's like, dude, I got to go record this or film this movie with um um. Kurt Russell. Yeah. I'm like, shut the fuck up. He's like, yeah, dude, we got a couple scenes with him, and I was just like, dude, that is fucking great. Well, that's, we, uh, we had him, he was going to be our guest, and uh, do an appearance for us, and he had to cancel because he got a movie with Kurt Russell, and we're like, yeah, well, we don't blame you. Yeah. Dude, if we could work with Kurt Russell, we'd cancel our own event. You know, <laughs> but, yeah, so, we're getting, we're getting too far into, you know, Kind of the the present day. What what would you say your takeaway from Thirteen Ghosts is? Don't piss off the spirits. Yeah, don't fuck with the spirits. It was as far as a movie goes, it was that pivot point. Yeah, where it was that next. Whoa, have you guys seen this movie? Oh yeah, totally. You know, it's it's one of my favorite. Horror movies, paranormal movies. Yeah, I I love the movie. Very rewatchable. Oh yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how many times you see it. You, it, it's enjoyable every time you watch it. So if you guys haven't seen it, and, and, and we are dipping a little more into. I still want to make my two thousands. I still want to make my little fucking thirteen ghosts, black zodiac care bears. Oh, absolutely. That that will happen. I'm sure. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Check them out on Facebook. So, yes, they do good work. They they do great work. So we've gone on almost an hour about the thirteen ghosts. <laughs> <A> little plug. <laughs> <laughs> Let me plug myself here. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, any anything else you want to say? No, I mean I think we covered a lot. You know, a lot of it. And check and out this movie. It's just it's yeah. A great if you movie. haven't watched Thirteen Ghosts. Fuck it. I think it's on. I think it's on Amazon. I think so. Jump on it. Watch it. Let us know what you think. And you know, I know that we are known for watching horrible movies. This is not one of them. This no, is this a is a great, movie. well done, great special effects. I mean, I think a lot of this was even before CGI. So even the actors, they're all wearing prosthetics. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's a featurette about the prosthetics. Yeah, so it's it's. Everything about this movie, the way it was made, is just fantastic. It was done very, very well. Yeah. So, yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can give us a call. 669-B-RETRO. That's 669-B-E-R-E-T-R-O. You can use your little touch-tone phone to figure out what that the, corresponds to with number-wise, because I yeah. don't remember. We don't use Rotary's phones. No, not anymore. No, we can't. They we have one in our garage, actually. Do you? Yeah. Oh, man. Heavier than hell. Heavier than hell, that thing is. I mean, if you got hit with one of those, Jesus Christ, it'd knock you out. I've seen people, ha that's happened in movies. Yeah. I, it's happened in real life, not to me, but I know of people that have been hit with those things that, yeah, it leaves a mark. Oh, I guarantee you, those things were like 10 pounds. Yeah, they got that huge motor in them for the, the bell. And the big bell, yeah. You knew when somebody was calling, he was like, fucking house would vibrate. Yeah. <laughs> so that's before your phone fit in your pocket. It was in a room in your house. Yes, the whole room. Yeah, the whole room was a phone. You had to get everybody to help you dial. 
<laughs> and if your fingers are too fat, you had to use a pencil. Yep. And if you forgot, you had to hang up and restart because... Or if you overshot it. Yeah. Oh, God, that piss you off so bad. Like, fuck. So, well, let's do a little plug here real quick. Make sure you're checking out the uh, Cloud Showers Podcast Network. That's uh, CSPN. They're on Facebook as well. A lot of great shows and a lot of great content coming out. Uh, I know that uh, just a couple weeks ago here, uh, Chicken Boy killed off some bag puppets, some paper bag puppets. Sweet. So he had a little paper bag puppet massacre. Uh, live from Studio C, chugging right along, doing some live music, uh, and uh, bringing that right to your house. Uh, we have uh, uh, Out of Time with Moose is coming up here shortly, and I, I, I know what he's going to be doing, and it's pretty amazing. What is it? I, I can't tell you yet. Uh, You'll have to tune in and find out. Uh, and, you know, secrets. Russian Lake Sweep still still kicking ass. Saturday, they're eating their way across the uh, city. <laughs> and uh, lost in Omaha is uh, is they're he's ready. somewhere he's lost in Omaha. Yeah, they're 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 ready for uh, for season two. They're they're gonna kick that off here soon. So yeah, please check out everybody and give us some feedback. Let us know. You can email us uh, retropowerhour at gmail.com. We know you're listening. We we do know you're listening because we can we can see the stats and we know that you guys or at least listening for a little while. You like us. You really like us. You tolerate us. You really tolerate <laughs> us. Our shenanigans. So, we're going to shenanigan on out of here. I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We will see you next time. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. If you want to talk to the show, drop us an email. RetroPowerHour at gmail.com We'll see you next week.